0: Welcome to The Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. I haven't um, had everybody on collectively um, as East Films, but I've had each of one of you on individually uh, since I've started. Uh, We have Jenny Lei. Can you say hello, Jenny?
1: Hello, I'm Jenny.
0: And we have Bao Nguyen. Hi, everyone. And we have Anderson Lei.
2: Hi, guys. Hi, everyone.
0: And this is a part of um, our founding members at East Films. And today we're here to discuss um, all of the hate crimes that are happening in the United States in the last few months. Um, Bao, I want to start with asking you, um, why is this all happening now?
3: Um, It's sort of a tough question to ask. I think since the events of Georgia, which happened just very recently, um, that, you know, I I find that that is sort of a point, maybe an inflection point for a lot of us, especially in the Asian American community, because all of the sort of seemingly, there's obviously a lot of verbal harassment, but also physical harassment, especially against um, Asian American women and Asian um, elders. But, you know, having six Asian women being murdered uh, is something I think we had, at sort of the worst of in our imagination, we couldn't imagine that, right? Um, at least I couldn't. I can't speak for everyone, but I should say that uh, it's. Even though I say that in a way, I'm not surprised. Sadly, like in the darkest of the dark of my brain, like I'm. I'm not surprised by America, in 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 that way. And and I think you know, the African American community has gone through this many times before. And I don't know why I thought maybe the Asian-American community would not go through it, but sadly we are. And I think it's sort of a culmination of a lot of different things that's been starting since the very first arrival of the Chinese-Americans building the railroads, right? And sort of the otherization of Asians, Asian-Americans since we've been here and boiling up through the Chinese Exclusion Act, through yellow, Yellow Peril, um, Japanese internment, you know, list goes on in terms of the systemic ways that Americans have been treated in America, Um but also just culturally how we've been treated um in, in media on screen. Anderson can probably speak better about this than I can, but you know, the fetishization, the emasculation, and the villainization of of Asians in cinema, where we have hardly played the heroes, hardly played the leading roles. It's only been in the last few years that we, I think more multifaceted versions of ourselves have been seen on screen. And so what society sees on screen, you know, it it penetrates to how they think, how the attitudes are formed about a community, about a people, especially during a pandemic where we're, you know, for the most part in the beginning of the especially in the beginning of the pandemic, we were stuck inside watching television, watching whatever whatever is on our screens. And if there aren't um multi again, I, I emphasize multi faceted. I don't think that we should just have positive betrayals because then that um perpetuates a model minority myth of Asian Americans. For people who don't know what the model minority myth, it's basically a, a concept that was created in the nineteen sixties basically as a wedge created between uh, what people saw as the you know upper class, like well-achieving Asian Americans as a minority group to pit them against black Americans and, and say, well, Asians are succeeding, they're a minority, why can't blacks do the same thing? Um, and obviously that myth is has again, um, sort of been relevant past the 60s, 70s up until this day. Um, so going back to my point, I think having multifaceted versions of ourselves that people can see on screen that people haven't been able to see, especially during a pandemic, and when you have a former president calling the kung flu and the Wuhan virus, and calling China basically public enemy number one for America, that creates a sense of paranoia among many people who have you know uh, legitimately been affected by this pandemic. I I try to think in an empathetic manner of like, what are the hardships that people have gone through where they feel like they've been attacked themselves, where they want, they, they have to take it out on a different on another community, right? They're, they're looking for an enemy. And I think that's human nature in a way that yeah. people are looking for someone to blame. And because of all this otherization of the Asian American and blaming of the Asian American from the top that's created a, a real sense of fear among our community. And I think that's sort of led up to, you know, the horrific events uh, in Atlanta. And, and, you know, we talk about this more about whether it's a hate crime or not, but, you know, hate stems from a lot of different issues. It's not uh, very clear cut. It's, it's, it's something that's buried that's rooted in something.
0: Jenny, did you want uh, to add to that?
1: Yeah, no I was think that it wasn't it's not like it, it's something that's been building you know it has, it has it's not like all of a sudden one day boom all of a sudden there's all this hate like just as that was saying you know I think that um our you know our former president giving all the all the racists and all the prejudice that has already existed from lack of representation from all kinds of things in the past that like it's just he gave a lot of power to the people the you know the people with all these malicious thoughts and then it became like okay to hate you know, it became like normal, you know, and I think that, and then, yeah, combined with the pandemic, I mean, it's a lot of things, but I think that all stems from hate of the other, and I think it's like a, it's like a topic that we'll always, that we, have you know, we keep talking about over the years, and I think slowly we start thinking about it, but I think that it's great that, that people are coming together to talk about it, and if anything, to open log. you know, and it's really about that dialogue to start the conversation, you know.
3: Yeah, and can I just add up to that no point? It just and, and what Anderson was saying too. You know, it's not something that's happening now. It's something that is deeply rooted in America's creation. Its birth was based on um, uh, annihilation of an entire group of Native Americans. And I love America. Let's not get me wrong about that. I came over. I'm grateful for America. But you know, I think the idea that we have to appreciate all aspects of America and not challenge it is very un-American in many ways. Uh, So when people say that, that, oh, these acts are not American and they're not what we stand for, or they're not, yeah, they're un-American. I think that is doing a disservice to the work that a lot of grassroots activists and community activists are doing, right? Because they know that the first part of this reckoning that happening of America is acknowledgement that this is America. And you always have to accept that this is the reality of America. Of course, we're trying to build and aspire to a different America, but we also always have to recognize that the roots of America are built on violence.
0: Do you think that the American culture in general or the white culture is beginning to see that or is beginning to acknowledge it?
3: Uh, I mean, I can't speak for white Americans. Um, I think there is uh, uh, solidarity and coalitions being built. Um, You know, I think we get stuck in trying to think what all of America is thinking and and especially on the coast, right? And I, I don't know if the conversations that we're having today are the same conversations that are having in parts of America that I'm not so familiar with. I hope they are having, you know, it's being had. But I can say among a lot of my white friends have reached out to me in the past few days, and I'm greatly appreciative of that. And they want to learn more about Asian American history, which is a new thing. Um, but at the same time, like how much of it is just the moment how much is it free
1: no, there also it's people that are are already wanting to make that move you know I like, think it's about how do we reach the people that are that are you know the, the source of the hate like,
0: well, I think we that get, even them? even in our community our Vietnamese community, I think there's a a good chunk of people that don't believe that there re- really is a problem true. They don't, there's no acknowledgement of it. I don't think that they realize that this is really going on. Like in Hawaii, um, Anderson, is there anything like this happening? Any violence?
2: Like anti-Asian violence? Or you mean like, I mean, you know, I mean, I think every place, I mean, racism permeates everywhere, even, even in, you know, uh, you know, the Asian American kind of like, uh, uh, you know, kind of Mecca that is Hawaii, right? that a lot of people deem it as like there's always other, you know, I mean, that's why intersectionality is such an important thing. Uh, you know, there's always different facets of racism or classism or whatever, you know, and it's um I mean even here in Hawaii, like um uh there was a recent incident in the news um of uh, on the island of Kauai the um the police chief uh who was white, uh who was just uh who just got the role I mean the position maybe a few months ago, sometime last year from uh he retired from the Vegas PD and moved to Kauai to become the police captain there and like uh, apparently there's like accusations of him being um of uh, anti-Asian sentiment you know of of of, mm-hmm. of you know actually um using eras- uh racist slurs and uh uh in the workplace and whatnot so that's he's being currently investigated now um you know i mean like there's always you know i think there's uh you know i think there's always status regarding that um I mean, you know, I mean, going back to what happened to, you know, the the, the incident, uh, you know, tragedy or, you know, massacre basically in Georgia is that, you know, it's it's just, it's no different from like George Floyd. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you're basically, um, you know, America's clutching their pearls when there's always, there's always has to be, someone has to die. And then there's always got to be some massacre to wake people up, you know? And I mm-hmm. think it's like, especially when it comes to what you know what happened in georgia is um i mean it's just there's a deeper conversation when it comes to kind of the asians even the asian americans as a perpetual other you know re- deeply rooted in like the chinese Inclu- exclusion act and all that stuff like it's like the you know the the you know the fetishization of uh a- asian bodies uh asian asian women i mean that's all deeply rooted through 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 through, through mass media and the fact that like you know, Asians, Asian-Americans are, you know, everyone's deemed, you know, I always feel that, you know, like no matter if you're black or brown or white, uh, you know, there's always this like treating Asians as a monolith, you know? And I think it's like, you mm-hmm. know, we're, there's just so many facets of uh, Asian-Americans and the fact that, yes, you know, I mean, the, the model minority myth is a myth, like, you know, it's, it's definitely a myth and then, you know, uh, you know, an intersectionality is something that is, I mean, it's like you know you have these like uh, you know um, you know basically um, you know, factions uh, you know basically of uh, people saying that you know intersectionality uh, or, or or critical race theory is just like you know basically just um, uh, it would, it's you know you're just making a mountain out of a molehill or something like that you know that it's like I mean things are complicated you know I think the the portrayals of Asians you know like and what have you it's like it's not it's not black and white so to speak right and uh i think it's just um the fact that even like you know uh what you know even before this you know with the you know a a lot of our asian elders who are being attacked randomly especially in northern california which is like kind of like you know like another uh you know predominantly asian american area like in oakland for example right it's like and the fact that you know these these um you know, you have to have Asian American kind of like celebrities and people in, you know, like in media to actually put a spotlight on this. You know, you have to have like Daniel Wu and 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 Daniel Day Kim who are, you know, like actually you know pounding the pavement, like getting on all these news news shows and what have you. Daniel Daniel Day Kim just actually spoke on at the at the Congress, uh, I think yesterday about this. But like the fact that mainstream media isn't covering this, and this is something that's not. You know, like anywhere from Vincent Chin to like these are things that need to be discussed and taught in school. You know that's why I believe like the sixteen nineteen project is so important. You know, but I mean the full the whole point is to showcase not showcase but actually look at you know America I and mean, you know the foundations of America, the ideals of America are, are worth fighting for. And the you know unfortunately you know this the 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 the, 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 the history. And foundation of America is basically, you know, um, uh, you know, full with a trail of, of blood and death and massacre. Yeah. And you know, I mean, this is this is something that we need to we need to learn, and and kids need to be educated.
0: Why? Why do you why do you all think that the news media, the mainstream media, is
3: not covering this? I mean, they're covering it, but the way they're covering it now, it even it angers our community even more, cause, cause there, it's perpetuating so many stereotypes still and it's I, i've been watching the news just because i've been i know what the, how the news is going to cover it and like how they have reframed the story so it's more about this white boy who's troubled who had a bad day right
2: and, he had a bad I mean, day I, and a sex addiction you know again you know yeah have you sex like addiction
1: it. what the That's new. Man.
2: But then is
0: it is it because the press is covering it maliciously with with an intent to skew the story or the subjects that they're covering, which is I think whoever said all of that was the police chief that was being, you know, he came up with these remarks. Is the mainstream press sort of spotlighting the wrong people, the wrong voices, or they're really maliciously heading in a direction?
3: I don't know if it's malicious intent, but it's again systemic, right? Yeah. It goes back yeah, to. Yeah, it's unconscious
2: bias through systemic racism. I don't think it's. Yeah, it's
1: unconscious bias. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, not malicious, just more like. I mean, like, like the, they don't, you look at. But better. I think
2: that's, you know, we've, as
3: Asian Americans, we, we sort of like bite our tongue. Some of us do. I'm, there's many people who don't, but uh, many of us do because we're like, oh, it's not malicious, right? So then we don't want to speak up against it but now we right. have to start dismantling the systems that create this unconscious bias and exactly. that again perpetuate this otherization of us i mean the 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 women who who were murdered you know some of the broadcasters didn't even pronounce their names correctly didn't uh, i mean i haven't been catching up with the news but i've i heard just recently like that you know this was a legitimate Business the massage parlor was not what people assume right. when they hear Asian massage parlor. I think that already is just bad reporting, right? And that those assumptions, once someone hears it for the first time, that's watching the news, it's just going to stick with them, and it's hard to sort of backtrack from these assumptions that are are stated as almost fact by news media. How do we dismantle this systemic approach that is happening?
1: Well, I think starts from what Anderson was saying education you know got, I think that people and I think I mean this is to start way back but you know I don't know for me even as a Vietnamese American when I took my first Asian American class studies class in college it was like a huge eye-opener for me and I'm I am Asian I did I didn't know anything that and then and then after I took that class then I realized that there wasn't we didn't talk much about being Vietnamese American and then I had to take another class that was about being Vietnamese American but this is all because I wanted to 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 learn more, but it should be something that's already ingrained because it, it is part of the American history. But it, it, but you, you just help, you would maybe hear about Chinese building railroads in in kind of like you know public education when you're growing up. You know, so I think it, it just starts with like being kind of like erased and being not seen and being not like given voices. And you know, I mean, we always talking about representation. I think it starts from when we were little kids. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, I mean it, it just is, and, you know, I mean it, I mean about, just to yeah. boil it,
2: I mean just just to make it I mean you know, if you wanna I mean the simple the simple answer, you know, the black and white answer is basically we just need um, you know, just um just more portrayals of Asians in 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 entertainment, in, in in mass media, you know, that's the whole point of what peace yeah. is doing, right? Yeah. I mean that's our yeah. that's our mission is to you know, that, not to you know to, to you know I mean like you know, I mean like I'm not a I'm not necessarily, I'm not the audience for like Bling Empire or House of Ho, but, you know, like what? it's like, I love Bling Empire. But anyway, House hey, of Ho. I mean, yeah, but anyway, but it, it starts it, there. It's, it's, uh, no, but it's fine. It's a, you need to have, multi- again, the whole point is like, you have to uh, dismantle the model minority myth. I mean, Asians are multifaceted, just like any other group. Uh, any other, and like, you know, to, to have like, um, in a sense, you know, like, uh, you know, like just like just media portrayals of different facets of of Asians in uh, uh, media, in film and TV, and music, and you have, what have you, you know, like it's like, you know, what I mean, you know, like you know, you have like what Randall Park is doing or Aquafina or, you know, directors like Justin Lin, James Wan, you know, like they're you know, Sung Kang, you know, they're, they're really kind of like Ali Wong, they're just uh, in you know, really kind of high in the payment and like really, 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 at least you're seeing them more and more in Ma- in mainstream media, you know, not. No longer in the vestiges of kind of like the Asian American indie space, for example, right? And I think that that if there is going to be a legitimate push for diversity, and I think there is, especially in Hollywood, then you know, I mean, Asians got to have a seat at the table as well. And that's that that and that you, you see that, but it's not only about you know, not only in front of the camera, but also behind the camera. You have to have the execs who are making decisions or what have you. You know, the Stephen, you look know, you at Stephen Young, you know, like he's like you know. A, the first Asian American male to be nominated for an Oscar, you know, like, like, I mean, like, that's kind of unheard. I mean, it's
1: amazing, but it's also in 93 years. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, like, it's like, that's
2: crazy. So, you know, I mean, you know, I think, um, yeah. And I think it's just like, by doing that, you, you kind of engender, like basically, uh, you know, Asian Americans is not this invisible monolith, you know, Uh, and and we should not be quiet either, you know, we should, not, we should not. be should um, uh, not be boxed into the stereotype of what of the model minority. Yeah,
3: it's it's. I mean, it's like what Audre Lorde says, right? The feminist. She's like, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house, right? So we have to build our own tools, just like Anders is saying. Is like we have our own. We're building our own production companies, and I think we because people. I think if you think of it in a holistic way. Um, Storytelling is so important because storytelling, film, culture changes attitudes. You can't change policy without changing attitudes. You need movement from the people, from the public. People aren't just gonna all of a sudden support gay rights, right, it's, you know, you know this is as sort of uh, um, self-congratulatory as I'll get on this call, but you know, the first black president was on television before he was ever in reality. And so we have to create these imaginations through stories, right? Because people can see it mm-hmm. as a story and then they imagine it for their own reality and their own future.
1: And, and that's, again, them, you know? it's I think, like
3: an emotional- yeah, they imagine, they see themselves and they're inspired to reach out to it, even if it's just a film. But, you know, for us, when we see ourselves on screen, um, you know, my first experience sort of see being seen was Heaven and Earth, uh, Oliver mm-hmm and it's directed by a white guy, but I remember watching it. It's probably one of the first films I ever watched in the movie theater. Yeah. I watched it with my parents, and I just—I'd never seen them so enthralled watching anything in my life. How how felt, you know? How they saw their story on a big screen, and having your story valued means so much. And so that that's that's a magic. Being able to see your past is, is very um cathartic, but being able to see your future on screen. That's revolutionary. You know, Leili, um, yeah. mean, yeah. I'm sorry, Jenny, go ahead. Oh, no, you can start with Leili first because I know that's
1: Heaven and Earth really. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, Laylee Hayslip has been on the show um, and sitting Just with her. Just remind
3: us who she is again?
0: Laylee Hayslip uh, is the writer of Heaven and Earth. Um, and in Vietnamese, or actually, the, the actual title of the book oh, was, was When it. Heaven Meets Earth. Um, but she talks about how. All of this came from from her her mind and her her vision of it, you know there was no representation when she got here in 1970, and she said it has to be told and it's so inspiring to hear her say I'm going to put this into words and here's a woman with no education, no no structure around her nothing to uh, sort of um, plant the seeds for her if you will she willed this story into reality. And to have Oliver Stone pick up, you know, a white person pick this up, but it was something that was like, there was not a community around her, but she knew that this is something that the world needed to see. So we need to take that inspiration from somebody who who definitely went, uh, you know, in 1970, understood. And and I, I like you, Bow, was moved very much by her story when I
3: saw it. Yeah, I hope we're, we're you know, a continuation of that spirit, right? I mean, that was, again, one of the first films I saw and it, it it definitely helped inspire me as a filmmaker. Sorry to interrupt you, Jenny.
1: No, that's okay. No, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. And like, I think of it as a Vietnamese American woman who like grew up as a very, you know, I'm a very positive, bubbly, like cute girl. I didn't really like experience like, you know, in your face racism. And I never really thought about it growing up. You know, I sort of like was just really, Okay with myself and had a lot of friends, or was popular. And then I remember when I went to the theater, and my first experience seeing myself on screen was Better Look Tomorrow. And just seeing like a film about Asian Americans really, not even about any culture, just about these kids that are just Asian their, you know, cheating and living life and being crazy. And it was, and I felt really emotional and I was really shocked by my own reaction because it's not an emotional kind of film. It's like, you know, like a kind of heisty kind of film, but I, I felt so touched and I didn't realize how much it affected me. And I think that like, like the same thing same about, you know, when I started going to like community theater and then when I started doing theater and we we're doing Club of Noodles and working with other Vietnamese American artists, I realized that, wow, they're, 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 we do have stories and. And our stories mean something and it's not just about, you know, and it, 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 it just kind of like when you do that whole thing of just reach one person, you know, I think that, that I, I wanted to, like in my, in my profession now, I just want to be able to reach that one person to be, for someone to be able to see themselves, you know, in, on the screen or in the story. And, and it can affect them in ways the way that you can imagine. You know?
2: Definitely heaven earth. You know, when I first saw that, it was like something that was, um, yeah, definitely un, un, unspoiled, like my my parents' story and stuff like that. But I do find Oliver Stone very very problematic, and the fact that you know, like it's like so the fact that you know you have a, a you know like a a, a a white male, you know, telling our stories. I mean, I get it. It's the it's the early '90s, and what have you. There were not, you know, none none you know, um, there weren't uh, uh, Asian American directors per se who could who, who could who had the you know the wherewith I'm mean, not the wherewithal, but like had the 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 capital, uh Hollywood Capital to make a film like that. You know, you have to have Stone do that because he's the Vietnam guy, right? But yeah. uh but you know, but I'm just moving forward, I think yeah. it's like, you know, we we you know we we look at those, but like, you know, we I mean the whole point is like you know, we're the generation to really um uh, make things make make stories uh on our own terms.
0: What do you think is the um the immediate thing that people outside of media, regular Asian people in the United States can do right now? Um, because we're all experiencing this pain, we're all experiencing hurt, we're going through such uh, strong feelings. What can we do as a community and individuals? I mean,
3: I I think everyone should sort of, it's, we're in a grieving period, I think of many of us, right? And I don't know if we should have to be forced to do anything. We're in a space, um, that we have all different types of emotions and we should sort of be able to feel those emotions as they pass through our, our body in so many ways. And I think maybe before this event, you know, again, this massacre happened, there's ways to sort of galvanize things, but like maybe it's so fresh, you know, we're talking on Thursday, it happened just two nights ago. Uh, I. I I think it's unfair to expect people to do anything at this moment.
1: I think let them settle on their thoughts. Uh, I, but I think, just yeah. I I don't know. There's a, I don't always want to think that I have an answer to everything,
3: so I really don't have that answer in a way.
1: What? Because of course, you do, Val. <laughs> no, I, I think I think of right now it's about talking about like the discussion and the dialogue you know and really you know reaching out and I think that like I mean um, I mean and no one's reached out to me but I think because I'm in Vietnam and it's a different <laughs> it's a different kind of space but but um, but I think that um, but I know I've been trying to reach out you know uh, back home because the news uh, for me the news didn't hit me till like um, right away because you know um, it wasn't really huge news here you know and even in circles, it's just among my American, you know, my fellow American friends that would talk about it. You know, because um, here it's like, cause it, obviously in Vietnam, it's like a monocultural country. Yeah. And so they understand what racism is, but they don't really know it. They don't, they don't, they can't feel it. They just can understand it intellectually, right? So it's, a, and, and when there's another, not to say that Vietnamese people are not racist, but they're, they're, kind, of, yeah, they're kind of in a different way. and, more, and yeah, that's something like we a, should. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's
0: something that you know, we should talk like, about too. You know, um, Bao and I have talked about this on our walks. That you know, this whole of you know, right? We are racist. We, as a community, we're very racist towards the black community, you know. And then I think that there is dialogue. You know, there's conversation in the black community. It's like, wait a minute, why should we team up and and back you up in this allyship when we are not have not Gotten the you know support, I mean, what do we say to that? How do you you
3: even answer that at this point? I mean, I think that's Mm -hmm. remnants of the model minority myth, right, and white supremacy. You know, I I agree with everyone kind of
1: in a category.
3: If Black Americans tell me that you know there's been anti Blackness in the community and a lot of Asians haven't stood up, then I can't. You know, I agree with them. I I can speak for myself and say uh, every moment that I feel like Black Americans are being attacked by the community I try to stand up for it and try to defend uh a, you know the black community against those forms of racism but it would be a lot as you're saying it, I mean it's a fact that there's anti-blackness in the community um and you know I think uh, we're, we're sort of dealing with, with it. And, and we have to deal with it in a very nuanced way because obviously, there's a there's obviously white adjacency in so Asian, Asian American culture to that persists in, in Asian American society and communities, right? And I think that's what we have to dismantle first because that is sort of the underlying issue here because we want to be seen as success, or many of us want to be seen successful in, in relation to white people. That way, you know, it necessarily harms many communities of color, especially black communities. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's these are questions and that will never be answered. I don't think in the history of America, but that's also, The reason, you know, America is always trying to fight, it's not trying to form a perfect union, it's trying to form a more perfect union, right? We're always trying to improve. And that's that's the idea of America that I connect with, right? That we're never, we're grateful for what we have, but we always aspire for more. We always aspire for something better because we know that in the ideals of America, a better America exists. Jenny?
1: Oh, no, just real quickly, I think also uh, to add on to that, I think in the context of us being Vietnamese-American, that's another layer. We have to deal with a, a generational, like a generational issue. Because we're talking about like the younger generation is more open-minded and the, the older generation. Because as immigrants, you know, the Vietnamese-American immigrants, much, it's much later than Chinese-American, Japanese-American, Indian-American, so on and so forth. And so we are also dealing with like generational, uh, the older, the older people, you know. And and how their how and their perceptions and and their racial kind of identities, you know. So it's really it's really complex that. Would, uh, go ahead. Anna. I mean, like,
2: yeah. I mean, like in Hawaii, right? Like, you know, when you have the waves of immigrants who came to work for basically you know, white, you know, indentured servitude to whites, essentially, you know, like uh, white missionaries or uh, American businessmen who uh, who ran like pineapple, pineapple, pineapple fields or sugar canes. You know, like it's like, it's a plantation mentality, right? There's always going to be at the very top. White patriarchy is always going to be at the very top, at the top of the pyramid, right? And then you're going to have like, you know, like the middle managers are going to be, you know, they're brought in Portuguese, other Europeans to be the middle managers. Like, right? and then you had all the ways of Asian immigrants who are like, and then you had the Japanese Japanese immigrants or the Korean immigrants. And then, and then you had like Chinese and Filipino. And then you have so pecking order like it's always seen, there's always racism everywhere. Like even within the Asian American community, there's a pecking order, right? I mean, Southeast Asians, Vietnamese, we're the jungle Asians, right? Versus the East Asians who are like you know, you maybe they're at the top, you know, with the Japanese or Chinese or Korean and stuff like that. And I think it's like you, you can that, say that, that with that, a
0: smirk. I am not. Yeah, I uh, I hate that um, stereotype. I really so yeah, I hate it. But like, I hate when I was a kid. That, no, it's it's real. It's a real thing.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely I no it. different here. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, so, like, I mean, again, it's and white white patriarchy is so deep deeply rooted. I mean, it's like it's the vestiges of colonialism. You know, it's all this trauma through you know the, through all of human history. Like, even in Asia, why are like say you know uh, Americans usually who are white uh, who live in Asia? Why are they called expats, not immigrants? You know, Yeah, who
0: came up with that?
2: Versus you know uh, oh, yeah. brown or. Asian, uh you know uh you know why uh, who live in brown or, uh, brown or yellow whatever you know who 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 moved to the west why are they you know refugees or immigrants or not expats you know like it's like i mean like it's like even like you know there's a the whole, you know, the right? whole well no i mean like you know even like and there is like deeply rooted um like uh you know like when it comes to kind of um the pecking order of like uh, the white patriarchy, you know, like when you when you do business in Asia, you you know, there's always that 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 myth, but it's actually true of like you know renting, you know, white white like to be yeah yeah to be you know to pretend to be the CEO and you're going on pitches and stuff like that, you know, business pitches, and what have you, you know, like it's like uh, you know, I think it's like oh, it's because they you know it's like they you know, it's like uh, we're we you know those are those are all kind of part of the you know the. You know like just just the uh the deeply rooted kind of like you know um white patriarchy that kind of runs the world you know so this is like
3: sorry i was i was gonna say i mean that's these are why these mythologies have been formed for so long about different civilizations and different races and they, they again they permeate through today's society uh you know Marlon James is writer. He talks about why, like we talked about this, Ken, like the authorian legend and how that has made British seem like they're so civilized. Right. But if you know, no offense to British people, but they're not all civilized. It's definitely part of a mythology. And if you create that same mythology about immigrants and refugees who come to America, then it's just going to, again, perpetuate itself over and over again. It's going to replicate itself unless someone is able to sort of stop it and create their own mythology. And I think that's what, personally, I want to do, and I know we want to do as, as storytellers, is change the mythology, make our own mythology, reshift the narrative, re- reimagine the narratives for ourselves where we are are the center of the story rather than the white, mainstream culture because yeah. they're not. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's all a construct, right? Yep. Wow. I, I, um, that is why I do the
0: Vietnamese podcast. It's really to, to uplift the Vietnamese experience throughout the world to reshape the, the, the narrative, but I am getting fatigue, uh, from this Asian, um, violence here in the U.S. I do kind of want to know, if there's more of an immediate response to what's going on. Instead of just I mean, like feeling going through our feelings and like a lot what you said earlier. Yeah, I get it. We're grieving. But at the same time, is there a more immediate thing that people can do? I don't mean like go out and be a vigilante or
3: anything like that, but I mean I, I mean that's something you can do. I mean, to be honest, if people I mean, there you know, there is there's a study that's saying post pandemic there is going to be a rise of Asian American gangs.
1: I that's
3: thought that going too. To be a yeah, yeah. And there's a study that you know they're seeing the, the the roots of that, right? And who knows? I mean, that's that's a that's a natural response to what's going on. And um, but I think there's so many activists and grassroots organizations that are doing the work as much as we can support them and the work that they've been doing a lot all along. That's that's very Action, you know, um, Asian Americans Advancing Justice, uh, Chinese um, for affirmative action. These are all great organizations that people can support. I'm working Pivot. with GoFundMe. Pivot's great, you know. I'm working with GoFundMe. There's GoFundMe.com/AAPI, which we're trying to funnel. All the funnel's a bad word. Um, trying to be a hub for for anyone who wants to donate monetarily. To specific organizations that have been sort of vetted and um, and that know exactly how to um, to support these communities. So I, I, I we're not experts in these communities in any way. We're an expert in our immediate community, but I, I'm not, I'm not from Orange County. I'm not from Oakland. I can't say, oh, I'm going to go there and say I know based from reading a study, what's the best for their community. There's people, we should be asking these questions of the community, right? I'm like That's what, what do I'm they, doing right now. What do I'm they asking, need? Yeah. Well, you're asking us what we can do. We should be asking them what they need.
1: Hmm. Oh, good way to put it. You're so eloquent now, exactly. <laughs> what do you need? I mean, you have this- also, I really to like to what you down. said about, um, you can't change policy without changing attitude. I mean, it's a tough
2: battle uh, when you're fighting against fake news and sort of tribalism. That's like you know, kind of risen through, uh, you know, Facebook algorithms and whatnot. You know, like it's yeah. like it's it's really it's really tough when you have, especially in the Vietnamese community, where you know, I mean, you know, it, it is a fact that you know, I'll, you know, I'll, as a group, you know, um, there were a lot, there are a lot of conservative. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, uh Trump voters. You know, I mean, they're they're so I mean, many, very cultish in the sense that you know. Or even like, you know, the fact that, you know, I mean, I don't want to even go into, uh you know, these flame wars online with other Vietnamese is like, you know, like, it's like, you know, when you look at like, um you know, Asian, you know, like all these acts of uh anti-Asian violence against like, you know, Asian elders and it's like, you know, a lot of it's predominantly done by, you know, um young black and brown people, you know, and then so it's like, and then but like, you know, you look, you look at, you know, and then you have like these kinds of like, see, It's a dan It's a black person. You know, like it's like my family talks
0: that way. They all talk that way. I have good friends who talk that way. It's all like the BLM people. I'm like, no, you you need to make a distinction. It's you know, it's not it's not BLM. And then they're like, no, it's Meidan. And I'm like, oh my god, this is this is not how it could be Meidan. It
2: could be it could like (laughs) that's their excuse, or it could be Nexium, or it could be the Roth Rothschilds, or like you know any conspiracy. It could be like Q. Yeah, you know, like. QAnon or whatever, you know, they, they, they'll do whatever, you know, it's like, it's like, you're, 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 you know, it's all, all within, like, within their kind of like, um I don't know what the, 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 I listened to this NPR once, like, it's like this um uh uh curated algorithm or something like that, that like, you know, once you, you know, you click on these sites, and it's just everything that, that you want to hear is going to be kind of curated Close, to you. Closed loop. Just, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, loop I think we're.
3: Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought in here.
2: No, no, no. I, th- I, th- I mean, so I mean, I'm just saying, it's like this. It's this constant battle against fake news, basically, right? And like to have like you know, you have like these soapboxes. You have these like you know, anyone who can become like the next can be an Alex Jones or whatever, or like a Rush Limbaugh, you know, within the community. It's like you know, they're going to have their like, ra- you know, rabid followers, you know. And I think I think what Pivot is doing, what Pivot did, especially during uh, uh the the election of like actually translating, actually having Vietnamese lang- language like. Uh, literature when it comes to you know all these other you know these basically um these lies are perpetuated you know but andy you know know
0: that but there's a problem there too though because you know pivot is a brand now and when you talk to a conservative like some guys in my family when you talk to those guys they see pivot and i've brought this up with some members of pivot on the show It, it it's like they Understand that there is also a branding of the word pivot. Now it's like okay, well those guys are the left and they're
3: not. Well, I mean, they literally say progressive, in yeah, exactly. So.
2: exactly, exactly. Progressive so, is like you know, you might as well be a pink, you know, like you're pink, you know, you're so, basically you're a communist or socialist. Yeah, so it's but like
0: okay, well you got pivot. They're doing you know the translating work and they're figuring this stuff out for the community, but then now it's like, well you just put a a, a, a you put a filter and. You put a brand up and now the right won't go near it, no matter how well or how decently it's translated. So we have that issue now. Well, we need like a Vietnamese sure.
3: NPR or something.
0: But even like, NPR is, you know, left, you know, a lot of people. In the, I mean,
3: if you that I think that you're also sort of making if you look at studies of NPR, it's actually very moderate. That, oh, I, I agree. Think, but I like agree. I mean that's again we're perpetuating with like sort of stereotypes and, and sort of talking yeah, points of the right yeah, saying well, like, NPR you're is, liberal. is liberal. Yeah. Yeah exactly liberal like yeah. But I think you know we don't have a sort of objective truth that we're holding on to. But I think the problem is too that we're speaking in our echo chambers, obviously. Uh, yeah. In in yeah, exactly. this group yeah. and and we're I think Trump has and this is divisiveness has always existed in politics. I think it's more than ever now. I used to think it wasn't back when you know I studied politics at as an undergraduate and we'd always think like oh you know Trump I mean the Bush era was like really nasty but our professors would say like well you know like Aaron Burr had a duel with Alexander Hamilton. We aren't yeah. seeing duels now. But given the events of January sixth, I, I that statement doesn't ring true anywhere. There's literally riots and and people insurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- it's very divisive. But I think you know we often we should see people as human beings first and opinions second, and we're too busy seeing them as opinions first, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not just the fault of the right. It's definitely the you know, I wouldn't say fault, but it's something that clouds all of our, it's just part of our discourse. And it's, you know, the discourse isn't civil anymore. We're not civil to each other. And because we're, no. we, I, 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 people are, are, you know, respectfully angry, legitimately angry, especially black Americans, because they, they've been sort of disenfranchised for so long that there is a mistrust in Many people have, they have to earn back that trust towards the Black community. But at the same time, I think a lot of us are too busy, again, labeling and categorizing people as others. And that, that's what we're blaming them for doing to us as well. So how do we not sort of mirror that in a way?
2: Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, like, you know, it's like, you know, you know, there's always I think Asian Americans as a group politically has always been short shrifted and, you know, and you know, so I think it's like, and then I I feel, I mean, I admit, I'm a, I'm a progressive I'm a Democrat, but, you know, I have issues, a lot, you know policies and, you know, with, you know, with the democratic party and stuff like that. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, this is, I mean, you know, I think we, we've, we've crossed that bridge. There's a point of no return. And, you know, what, what happened in, in Georgia, what uh, Stacey Abrams and all those amazing people have done with the New Georgia Project and all these other initiatives, it's like, you know, like, it's like, it's an ongoing battle. And I think it's an ongoing battle for the soul of America, for this country. And we just have to be vigil. We have to be... All right, being,
3: all right. You know, all right Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, I mean, like, it's we like, have, you know... You have keep talking. It, it is in twenty twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's like, uh, but I feel like you know, it's like you know, we have to be, uh, I mean, politically engaged and always be vigilant and not be asleep at the wheel when, it comes to the midterms and all that stuff. And I, I get, I get it. There's a lot of like, especially during, BL, I mean, during the protests last year, like you know, of like you know, uh, when defending the police or like you know, like uh, or like even the political process, polit- politicians, elections. They don't, they, you know, they they they. they they did nothing for like, you know, uh for for black and brown people. I mean, I totally get that and that's totally warranted. But I think it's like, you know, as you know, we have to like you know, as like as you know, like the GOP is like, you know, gerrymandering and pushing these policies to limit voting rights for uh, you know, minorities and all that stuff. Like we have to be vigilant and we got it's a constant battle. And I think that's the only way we can do that through allyship and like, you know, and I think it's like and that's, you know, we have to do it all together. And, uh, you know, I think we can't be asleep at the wheel. Can't be asleep I, at the wheel.
0: I think sometimes when we um, when we really look back in the 60s and um, the 70s and the protests, I don't think things have gotten that bad today. I think in, in terms of getting out there and and really pushing back we i don't think we've done it strong enough i feel like as a group of 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 citizens in the united states i sometimes i feel like we haven't been pushed to that point where there's like the kent uh, you know kent university in ohio where there's like you know government actually killing people yet and i think i just feel like we we haven't done enough as a community may, maybe an asian american community with this whole stop the hate and I'm, I, I I want to do more instead of just grieve at this point, but I don't, I don't know what more else to do because I think it's still going to happen, and I think it, it's inevitable. It's going to keep going until we really. Well, sorry, finish your thought. I'm sorry. Until we really put our foot down in a way where it's it's got to be louder than it was in the '60s or '70s.
3: Well, I mean, you're you're pointing to a movement that was multicultural, right? A movement to stop a war. It was, we need allies. Yeah, we need solidarity. World, yeah. We can't do it. World this, Coalition. Is, this is the first step, right? We're uh, Other communities, and I should say that many communities have stood with us before, but I had a Republican friend email me today and asked me if I was okay and said how sickening the events of, of Georgia were. And he's like a hardcore Republican. He voted for Trump. And so... Mm-hmm that's the sort of sort of shift we need to see that i think we're starting to see but we need to sort of i you know i i say we need to grieve and in that grievance we you know there's in the jewish culture people lamentation is is very much part of the jewish culture and i think being able to lament a bit gives us more power from our grievances we rise up stronger if if it feels like it's almost like a pathology where it's just like this is a cause of something and we're, yeah. you know, the effect, then it's, there's there's not a movement that's being built. I think we need this is we're starting to build the foundations of things. So I think letting us sit with these emotions is important because that's that's a very important step for Asian Americans is to acknowledge their sort of mental health and self, do the self-care, right? So I don't think of grievance as as a step back or as as uh you know just twiddling your thumb it's an important step and i think the black community knows this very well they know and the jewish community and so if we can learn from the communities of the past that have built movements that have created real social change and i think that that's the difference i see today
2: yeah and then i think it's like and i think it's like you know i think um you know as we i mean Granted, we're all like uh, in you know we're all in quarantine and lockdown in the past year, almost you know, year and a half now. I mean, over a year now. Like it's like you know, I think it's like you have to be like um, uh, you know, just to really, I mean, engage with just your community in general, like your neighborhood, for example. You know, like it's like, I mean, I think you know, you like you like you know, I, I again, like the political process. It's like I think it's like you know, when it comes to the elections, know who uh, you know uh, you know, when you be, be involved with basically municipal elections whether or you know, even like your know, school board, like uh, elections, what have you, you know, I think those, these are, these, these are, these are like gatekeepers or politicians, um, that will affect your everyday life, you know, like it's like, um, I think it's like, you know, just, just start from there first to to be, I mean, to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to be all like kumbaya, but no, you know, like, like. I mean, like not you know, basically love thy neighbor in a sense, but like you know, just be engaged and what what you know who, who you know like people in your in on your street or in on your neighborhood. And I think that's I think that's the only way uh, to do that uh, to really kind of have that empathy and like when it comes to, and and even political difference. Like Bow says, like you know, like it's like we're so tribal in the sense that you know, I mean, you have Bow Bow's Republican friend reaching out because um, you know I think it's like it just, again, it takes a, it has to take a massacre. And even like what happened in January 6th with the, uh, with the, with the, with the, with the insurrection, like, it's like, you know, I think we we live in this like 24 hour news cycle where it's going to be forgotten, like in like a few yeah. days, you know, yeah. like, it's like how many school shootings have we had? Like, you know, it's always be forgotten, you know, like, it's like, uh, uh you know, I and mean, then, you know, this, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. This could be forgotten too, but it, like, I just feel like, you know, we just, we just have to, you know, not be quarantined in or locked down, you know. Basically, um, intellectually or emotionally, we just have to be, you know, really engaged with uh, the people around us. I, I don't want to. we talk.
1: You know, we got to talk about our feelings. You know, and say so It goes down to the emotions that like you said. You know, it's like there's politics and the, of course and policies, of course. But go down to the nitty gritty, like what's happening around you. You know, like I agree. It's like it comes down to the heart. You know. You know,
0: many times when I'm doing a project or I'm I'm aiming for a goal, I kind of try to visualize what the end game looks like. The 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 final, the final the final pro product looks like, right? What if we were to kind of visualize um Asian American um Arriving, like what? Do, what does that look like in a few years? How How would you judge that progress um, in your your minds? Is there a clear goal, or is there is it the United States is we're constantly a work in you know a work in progress.
3: I, I mean, I don't want to speak for Vietnamese necessarily, but from conversations that I have of Vietnamese people there's not an aspiration for the country as a whole. It's it, even though Vietnam is a very collective place, it's like, what's my aspiration for my family in this immediate time? It's, it's uh, and and not, yeah. The society is, is a different sort of uh, purview for them. And I, this is, these are gross generalizations I should say, but I, it's, in terms of America, I was like, how about like the end of white supremacy? That's a good end goal for me.
1: <laughs> it's just like when we used to, we, you know, back in the day we used to, the key word was like, oh, assimilation, right? And then it became a culturation. It's more like a salad bowl instead of a mixing bowl, right? So, or melted, I mean, a melting pot, right? So that's the idea of to live in harmony and understand each other's differences. and. And the beauty of it as well, and and you know, and, and flow, argue and not argue, and get into fights and love, and you know, like it's, I think it's like a, but as long as the positive always outweighs the negative, right? And or if there is a negative, we learn from that. And I think it's kind of constantly learning and, and challenging ourselves and our our friends and then strangers as well, kind of. Going out of the bubble, you know. I think that like um, it's easy to get I mean, to, to k- stay in this safe bubble where everybody is everybody is you know like you and woke and and, and awesome. And then sometimes challenges us to go outside of that. Yeah. You
2: know? I mean, empires rise and fall. You know, I <laughs> like it's like, you know, I, I feel like you know this is um, you know, I mean we we're definitely this is a paradigm shift. Like you know, like you know, the, the you know the, the the you know like I think uh you know white mainstream uh uh society you know uh you know especially you know perpetuated by you know i mean i would say like not only neocons but neoliberals as well is that you know they're they're afraid of this paradigm shift as the country becomes more brown you know and i think it's like that's why there's this like i mean that's why there's a rise of of uh nationalism and and conservative conservative uh uh, values not only in America, but around the world,
1: you know, yeah, throughout the
2: world, yeah. So that's like, you know, because, uh, because of, you know, the, the, you know, I mean, the, the world is, 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 getting smaller, uh, you know, that you have like, and, you know, uh, as like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, rising, rises, rise of superpowers, like, you know, you're looking at like, you know, the brick countries, for example, and you have you, like, it's like, you know, like, I mean, you know, I think it's, there's always, there, there you know, for, for the US or the West in general, there's always got to be a, a scapegoat or a straw, you know, just like a, a, a straw, straw man, you know, when it comes to kind of like the Cold War is a perfect example. Like, and I think it's like, um, you know, um, that, you know, there's a kind of a, a you know, like a, a, a want, a nostalgia to, 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 for the white picket fence and then for like, you know, the 1950s, you know, and I think it's like, uh, that's that you know they, they're using those that imagery to kind of promote this kind of I- I- idyllic uh, bygone era of America, this, you know, like this u- white utopia, so to speak. You know, so I think it's like, um, and you know that's why I feel that this is uh you know, it's, you know when I say empires rise and fall, like you know I think it's like I, it's good that there's more multiculturalism, and like I think we just can't erase it. You know, as a, as and in, as Asian Americans we. Um, have to constantly be, um, because of the, 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 the model minority myth, because we're, we're, we're invisible, so to speak. Uh, I think, you know, I think we, we have to, what we're doing with East, what, we're, you know, what, you know, what, what, you know, we, we have like when it comes to, you know, uh, even like having, uh, Kamala Harris as our VP, you know, like it's like, um having you know these you know uh, uh as more asians uh asian americans and pacific islanders um get the, uh uh more prominently uh see the table when it comes to entertainment or politics or you know, government or whatever or even uh uh or, or or corporations i think that that's that's what that's what needs to happen when they have people in, uh these people in power to make the decisions for us to um to become more uh you know positive you know like I mean, when i can say positive portrayals in the in mainstream it's like a multifaceted portrayal of of that so we, we're not visible anymore because you know we you know and i think it's like i think what we're doing at the east is like you know we're just a small cog in, in 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 kind of um striving for that for that ideal
3: i i just want to touch upon anderson's point too like this you know the sort of idyllic Uh, American concept of success, I think, contaminated us as children, right? We always imagine like this nuclear family, white family with certain values, with certain traditions was we held that model up to our own family. I think that created a lot of trauma in many ways and 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 uh, sort of un. Um, unfair expectations of our parents and how our parents treated us because we expected them to take us to the sports games and, and watch us go to prom and things like that and those weren't their cultural norms right? Those are the cultural norms that yeah, we were I mean, forced like a weird, that they
1: don't understand those things you know?
3: Exactly and we had that expectations because of for the most part what we saw on television right? And that's why I think the, the work we're trying to do is important at, at some level. It's it's all part of a larger picture of things that have to change in order for us to again reach that more perfect union. And you know, is it, trying to answer your question, Ken, I think for me, in, in, the, in the most sort of modest way, in sort of measure success metric of success is like, can we leave this. Country better than how we leave it for the next generation. It's a great answer.
0: Great answer Um,
2: Uh, Yeah,
0: I I want to um, thank all three of you if you have any closing um, statements, I would love to hear them Uh,
2: yeah, I think it's just like I think, you know, we have to take the time to grieve and like And just like, you know, um, I feel like, you know, like I mean when the, the rise of asian, I mean is it the rise? I mean, is it is it a rise or is it uh, of Asian crime or has it always been there? You know, that's that's the thing. You know, because we we are much more in the interconnected world. I mean, yeah, definitely there's there's a rise, obviously because of the um you know the the you know kind of racist uh, overtures when it comes to uh, blaming when it comes to the pandemic and what have you. But it's it's always been there. You know, I think it's like, you know, it's it's, it's, if it's not the pandemic. Then it's like you know it's like it's what you know the you know the murder of Vincent Chin because you know like uh detroit car company car you know like uh you know like uh uh detroit like factory workers were you know like um were afraid of like you know the you know the yellow peril when it comes to japanese companies taking over kind of like the car industry you know like it's like or the white, or even like you know like the the the, the feminization of of female body asian female bodies when it comes to you know aside from the chinese exclusion act but i think there's like the pass act of 1863 i forget when it was like a you know like a stoppage of like asian female asian female immigration to the u.s because they're going to be shipped over because more of a morality is like deemed as prostitutes you know like it's like and, and so like you know like i think it's always been there and i think um um i think we just have to like you know uh, my my thing is that you know it always has to take a tragedy and then all, as a massacre to to to, to get gain people attention. And I think we just can't. This is like, you know, unfortunately, an opportunity for us to not be not be left behind. You know, and I think it's like, yeah, we 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 have, we have time for gr- to grieve, but we also have to be vocal about it. Like this is like, I mean, I mean, if it if you know if you know if it if if, if Asian elders uh who, get, who are getting for getting attacked and maimed and murdered is not enough and if it takes you know like women to be shot and you know shot, shot shot and massacred uh then you know like then you know so be it you know i mean at least this cannot be forgotten um and i think it's like you know i think we have to keep the conversation going and really just really be more involved when it comes to again i guess the, the electoral process and then you know it's, this is not a perfect you know, this, America is the grand experiment, you know? And I think it's like, we were fortunate to have this political process, you know? And uh, I think that's that's one of the things that we can uh, really kind of embrace and, and and persevere to to get that ideal.
3: There has to be, uh, we sort of have an exam, as, as Anderson said, there, there's so much of our history that hasn't been examined. And we want to think that this anti-Asian racism is something new. Um, and so when, when people have asked me, oh, how can I help? I basically just hand them, read this Asian American history book, right? Um, because that's where it starts. You can't, you have to have a reckoning of the past in order to reshape the future. And we can't reshape this future unless we understand all the, you know, historical violence of the past. and and, um. And I think that those are sort of my last thoughts on things. And I want to thank you again, Ken, for giving us the space to speak about it. And in in this time, right, I think it's important to kind of get our impressions right after um, it it all happened. And maybe we can, you know, this is an ongoing conversation where I hope we can, just you know, out of this to have more questions the more questions i think we ask the more we better understand ourselves i appreciate it Bow. jenny you I want mean, to close you know, oh andy
2: yeah i just want to add to the fact that you know like when it comes to pop culture that that's like probably you know, they always say film or uh, cinema film is like kind of is is the the um the uh you know the, the most powerful medium right when it comes to that like i mean like I mean, we live in this like pop culture world where, you know, like I mean, you look at you know Marvel and DC and what have you, and like it's like Star Wars or what have you, like Harry Potter, and it's like you know like it's a uh, uh, soft power. Awesome anti- soft power, and you know, I, like the fact that it, it took me it took me to watch Watchmen to 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 learn about Black Wall Street, you know, the massacre, and you know. Uh, uh, of that, you know, of, of, of Black Wall Street. It's like, you know, this uh, to watch a comic book show, to <laughs> to learn about this un- un- unknown history like that's not being taught in schools, you know? Like it's like, so I feel like, you know, it's, you know, like I'm not, not positive portrayal, but more portrayals or proliferation of uh, Asian Asian, uh, Asian media images uh, is, is, is very, very important. And then, uh, I mean, if it means that people need to learn about history and about culture through, Entertainment, then. I mean, that's why we're in it. You know, that's why we're doing East.
0: Thank you, Anderson. Well, I want to. I want to thank all three of you. Um, I'm sure we're going to pick this up again very soon. Um, hopefully, not soon because of um, more violence, but soon because we just need to continue um, our dialogue. Thank you, all three of you, again, and um, have a wonderful evening. Bye everyone. Thanks, Bye everyone. Thanks Ken. Bye everyone. Thanks Annie. Thanks Bob. Everyone, everyone
1: take care. take okay. All right. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Vietnamese with Kenneth Wynn. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran and Javier Proenza. Special thanks to Jane Wynn, Catherine Wynn, Tina Pham, Sydney, Jamie, and Crystal Trinh. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcasts. Thanks again for listening.